The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike. And we're going to break down the week that was in WWE Dynamite. (laughs) That's so fucking funny. Anyway, uh, let's let's get right into the action and, and with our discussion of the main event. Stock up, stock down. All right, Joel. Well, let's start with the main event. Uh, MJF defeated Sammy Guevara and God, one of the better matches we've seen on Dynamite in a while. Like before we like, actually before we get into it, this really felt like a return to what we usually get from Dynamite, by the way. I think being back on Wednesdays having their normal routine and everything like this was a awesome uh, night of dynamite. And when they started doing the main event entrances, I was like, wait already, which I think is a great sign for an event. So thank God they're back on Wednesdays. And Joel, what'd you think of this match? Honestly, I mean, to, to just touch on what you're, you're talking about there. I, I think the biggest difference from this to the last couple of episodes of dynamite that we've seen was that I was watching it live because, I mean, these Friday, Saturday night shows, watching on DVR just never has the same feel, whether you're watching sports or any other kind Mm -hmm. of live event. And, you know, I I don't know how much the content was different, but it definitely felt different just to be back on Wednesday nights and to have that expectation fulfilled. This main event absolutely delivered Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the finish and we'll talk about that a little bit later on, but this match really showed off how skilled of a wrestler MJF is. Cause I feel like we know what's in Sammy's arsenal. We know Mm -hmm. all of the crazy spots and flips and dives and kicks and everything that he can do. And he's incredible. We don't see MJF in the ring anywhere near as much, especially in singles matches So it's been a while since we've seen him do this kind of chain wrestling that shows off what a great technician he is. And his athleticism is is really impressive, too. I get the feeling like he could do a lot of the things that Sammy Guevara can do from an athletic perspective. Not everything, but a lot of it. But he chooses not to because it doesn't serve his character and it doesn't serve Mm -hmm. his style. And uh, this was just a, a taste of like, what MJF is capable of. Yeah. There was a spot early on the match where they were doing the back and forth pin, uh, pinning situations. And it was on the last pin scenario where Guevara did like the kip up where like he starts with his head, which I don't get how that works. (laughs) (laughs) But then, uh, like half a second later, MJF does one that is, it was like one of the fastest and smoothest kip ups I've ever seen. Like it looked effortless. Um, so yeah, that 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 goes to what you're saying. Like, yeah, he he's an insane athlete, and I I don't think you can teach how both of them move in the ring. Like, this was one of the best combinations we've seen in AEW in terms of being able to run the ropes, you know, do all the transitions over the ropes, up the turnbuckles, out like all that stuff. Um, and I just think these two are like some of the just most pure wrestling talent the company has. And yeah, 
I agree with you. The ending wasn't great. So I hope we get way more of these in the years to come. Cause yeah, <laughs> I would have liked to see MJF get a clean win here. Mm-hmm. Um, or at the very least, like, have the interference have the the advantage gained by MJF through interference, but don't have it win the match for him. I, I yeah. don't like, and I think that's something that AEW has been really good at the is triple that for the title a few weeks ago. That's yeah. Exactly. And, and, and there are plenty of other examples where we've seen, you know, the, the hero that we're all rooting for get, you know, messed with by somebody who's not in the match. And then, you know, the heel will go for the pin and not get it. But mm-hmm. they've still gained the advantage, which pays off later on. They're able to get the win. And, you know, our hero loses due to the interference, but not as a direct result of the interference. And I think that's a subtle distinction, but it changes the flavor of the finish. And I wasn't a huge fan. And I know that Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara have this kind of side story, this Mm -hmm. history that they've been developing. So that plays into it as well. But that also takes away from the moment, right? Because now we've made it about Sean Spears and Sammy Guevara instead of MJF and Sammy Guevara, which is what we had been building towards, what we had been sold all night long on this broadcast. So great match, didn't care for the finish, uh, but really, really good stuff. Honestly, for me, Joel, they were just a few pieces away from this being an all-time main event for me. Uh, so, for example, I love the fact that to start the match, it was just MJF. It was just Sammy Guevara in the ring. No one else. But we had Jericho screaming on commentary. Like, So it took away from this, this individual story between Sammy and MJF goes back months. It's the reason... Sammy left the inner circle like this was a blood feud. And if Jericho wasn't on commentary, I think that gives it a little bit of a boost. If the ending goes the way that you mentioned, I think it gives it an even bigger boost. Um, And also them announcing early in the show that MJF and Jericho were going to have a standoff next week to hear the stipulations of Jericho getting a match. It really made me feel like this was just a skit. Like this was just a step to get to the eventual Jericho MJF match, which took some of the heat off of this match for me. So you could have, you could have had that promo from MJF at the very end of the show. Like I beat your boy. You want me? Well, you're going to have to basically what he did with Cody. You're going to have to do this. And it, it, I feel it will just would have made this feel way better. Five star match. If you ask me from just the in ring stuff, everything else surrounding it brings it down for me, which is a shame because this was wonderful from a ring a wrestling perspective. Yeah, I, I agree that Jericho being on commentary brought it down a little bit, but I think Jericho being on commentary brought the entire show down a little bit. Like <laughs> I, I'm going to throw, throw a stock down to commentary with Jericho being on it. And I realize this is not a popular opinion. I don't <laughs> care um, because I'm right. Uh, and so I'm going to stand <laughs> in my righteous indignance and I'm going to get on my soapbox here a little bit. Uh, so there there are two main roles in commentary in professional wrestling. This has been seen throughout pro wrestling history. You have play by play <laughs> and you have color. 
And AEW is already a three-person booth. So you have this kind of uh, Excalibur being the main play-by-play guy. Tony will sometimes jump in on play-by-play. JR is main color commentary. And then Tony will sometimes jump in on color commentary. Having Jericho out there trying to do both almost constantly just completely screws up the dynamic. He doesn't know what he's there to do. He's doing play-by-play more than anything, and he can't do it. He is not good at play-by-play, in part because he doesn't know what anything is called, which is insane for someone who's been in the (laughs) wrestling industry as long as he has. How do you not know what a fallaway slam is? And I realize, like, I sound like a fucking mark on the internet, but this kind of stuff really pisses me off because there's no reason for him to be there and he makes it worse. It really Mm -hmm. takes me out of the show, but I can't stand watching pro wrestling with the sound off. So I just kind of have to suffer with Jericho screaming into the microphone all night long. How did he even have a voice left at the main event? No idea, man. It was really bad. Um, The way I look at commentary is that bare minimum, it shouldn't, add or take away anything like if you just have average people out there you need it it's like watching football or basketball like there's always going to be commentary and sometimes you're blessed with good ones sometimes you're blessed with not great ones don't make the product worse your only goal should be to keep it level or improve it and all jericho does on commentary is bring it down and i don't like I, I was texting you during the match. Like I am distracted because Jericho is just incessantly screaming nonsense. And you know what? We've had our we've said our things about Jericho on here. I think people know that we aren't the biggest Jericho guys in AEW. But man, you gave him like a four year contract, and he's winding down as an ingring performer. You got to find something else for this motherfucker to do because he is not. This is bad. Like if. They announced that Jericho was going to do commentary full time at any point in the next few years. I'm going to tap out, man. <laughs> like, I don't think I can do it because it's such a distraction and it's so bad. And like, can he get better, better at it? Sure. Like work with Don Callis, work with Taz, work with JR, work with Excalibur. Like we know that he has the work ethic because he wouldn't have had this long of a wrestling career if he didn't put in the work and put in the effort. He needs to put in the same effort into this if he wants to be good at it. So what I don't understand is why he's like this on commentary now. Because when he did commentary for the really, really early pandemic pre-recorded shows... He was really good. He was I, really good. I bet and now they he's weren't. like a cartoonish caricature of a pro wrestling commentator. It's I have a like theory. this is it's the Southpaw regional wrestling of commentary, only it's not supposed to be funny. Yeah. I, I have a theory in that those early pandemic episodes, those are all pre-taped. I don't think they were doing commentary live. So That's I think correct. they were I think they were in a studio working on it and they could go back and fix things if it didn't sound right, didn't sound good. He also wasn't this bad when he did the occasional commentary in WWE. And I 
truly wonder if it's because he had people in his ears way more than he does in AEW. And I wonder if it's because people like I, I truly wonder what the dynamic is backstage is if anyone is comfortable saying, nah, Chris, don't do that. It, it just it, he's literally talking over people constantly. And if you're the fourth chair in commentary, you shouldn't be talking more than everyone else. And especially yeah. in the main event, he was talking more than anyone else. And that just should never happen. You're not the play-by-play guy. Yeah. And like the stuff, like it, there was just no, there was no like consistency with it either. He was all over the map. So yeah, that that's a big stock down for me. And like I said, it really brought down the main event match itself in the show in general. I even tweeted like maybe face Jericho would be better on uh, commentary than here Jericho. And uh, after like the first 10 minutes, it's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> but um. You know, it is what it is. But Joel, let's let's briefly go back and touch on the main event again, because we kind of went off onto a super negative tangent. Uh, some of the spots in this match were freaking insane. Uh, the ones that stick out are the 630 where um, MJF was sitting up and like taking it on like the shoulder and chest. I thought that was really cool. I thought the springboard cutter early on was beautiful. And Joel... Have you ever seen a s- avalanche tombstone off of the turnbuckle? Uh, I have not, but I can Me tell you right neither. now, I don't ever want to see it again. <laughs> I don't know how you keep someone safe in that. Like watching the clip, like they le- leaned forward a little bit. But like, I'm pretty sure Sammy's head still hit the ground first. So I don't. I mean,. I, I do think he did a good job of protecting Sammy in that spot. It just feels like an unnecessary risk to me, especially if it's not going to be the finish. Yeah. Like, it should have been the finish. Kicking out of that is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Um, my favorite spot in this match was the Spanish fly off the second rope. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because a Spanish it God was, fly. <laughs> it was, it was timed so perfectly. And mm-hmm. they were in complete sync with one another. Really quick rotation. Yeah. And it just looked great. Uh, and it, it, I think it was an example of the match as a whole. These were two wrestlers completely in sync with one another. And everything in this match looked great. Even that pile driver spot that I did not like because I don't want to see wrestlers who Die. I want to be watching for years and years and years to come do something like that and, and risk their careers. Uh, but even that looked fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. In the ring, this was one of the best matches we've seen in a long time. One of the best matches on dynamite, I think of 2021, like, if it didn't have the kind of eh ending, it would definitely be on my list for a match of the year candidate um, come December. So we'll see what the rest of the year has to offer. Joel, anything else about MJF, Sammy Guevara before we move on to our next stock up, stock down topic? So I think something else that the, the year has to offer, or it appears the year has to offer, is Kenny Omega and Adam Page. It looks like we're, we're actually going to get this match and possibly a little sooner than we expected. Uh, there were some really interesting segments throughout the show featuring 
Kenny Omega, the Dark Order, and Adam Page. And it really feels like we're building towards that inevitable clash. Uh, I really loved the second segment that dealt with this, where Adam mm-hmm. Page kind of confronted the Dark Order and was like, hey, why'd you do that? <laughs> and, and was met with everyone being like, hey, man, like, we believe in you. You can do this. And also... Like, if you fail, it's okay. You'll pick yeah. yourself back up again. It was just like this really heartwarming segment. <laughs> really and good. and it didn't feel cheesy. Like, it felt no. really genuine. And I just, I loved seeing all of them have their specific interactions with him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it was really, really great. And yeah. I love the Dark Order so much. And I'm so yeah. excited to see them even tangentially involved in the main event picture. Yeah, they're they're really good and this is a this is a story I've I've been waiting for Joel. I I've been talking about how only one person can take the belt off of Kenny Omega and it's Ang had a, <laughs> it's Hangman Adam Page. What however the fuck you say his name. And what I loved most about this story is that in my personal life most of the biggest like leaps of faith I've ever made have been because my friends have basically bullied me into it. <laughs> like, <laughs> just do it. Just, just, just suck it up and do it. I can count this podcast, my improv class, uh, switching jobs at different points, relationship stuff. Like, so I totally get what the Dark Order was doing. Basically, like, okay, if Hangman's not gonna shit and get off the pot and do this because he's been the number one ranked guy for a while now, we're just gonna do it for him. And that, to me, really speaks about friendship and what the Dark Order and Hangman Page have. And on the flip side, this, I think I texted you, Joel, that like AW is listed under like potential Emmy uh, shows under reality TV. If you want to win an Emmy in AEW, it's this story. Because this Kenny Omega Hangman Page story has so much potential. And how I would fantasy book it, it'd be like Theon Greyjoy from... Game of Thrones, man. Spoiler alert, it's been out for a while. But that whole like last two seasons of him like losing his confidence, not really being able to confront the enemies, all that stuff. That's Hangman Page. And if you have a summer, uh, okay, I'm not talking about all the murdering and bad things that the young Greyjoy did. I'm just talking about how he regained his confidence, okay? Don't don't give me that finger. Um, but if you have throughout the summer uh, Hangman be confronted by different members of the elite and you have his confidence shake. You have him fail a bit on the road to Kenny Omega and you have him overcome that. You have him grow and uh, get stronger through it. I think that's the absolute best story you can tell with these guys. So I'm just excited because as we know, Adam page is my favorite wrestler in the company and uh, I, I just I want to see him in the main event. I want to see him in this match. I want to see him as the champion. So the sooner we get there, the better. I, I am yeah. ready. I think they have built him and his character up enough that this match is going to feel earned. And mm-hmm. uh, I will lose my damn mind if he wins the championship. Yeah, it needs it needs to be a pay-per-view match. I swear to God, if this is just a random match, 
on one of these four dynamites in July, I don't know how I'm going to react unless it's part of what I'm talking about, the, the failure and building back up again, but we'll see. Um, Joel, I got a quick additional stock up, stock down related to this. Stock down to facial hair, man. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Hard disagree. Hard disagree. (laughs) Okay, I will say this. Kenny's ruled. Kenny was out there looking like 2006 Triple H, for God's sakes. It looked awesome. But the Young Bucks, down, man. I'm totally out with their ring gear and all the tassels. It was like watching a 70s porno, man. But the girls never came. wouldn't know anything about that. Uh, but I I dig it. I think it's awesome. Uh, as someone who can uh, sneeze and grow a beard, uh, it's always fun to shave your beard in stages and kind of play around with uh, funky styles. Uh, so this is typically what I do if I'm going to go completely clean shaven. I'll, I'll take a little bit off at a time. And it's fun. So I'm glad they're having fun. Uh, that's what, may, may, you know, wrestling should be fun. So I think I'm I just have beard it. envy. I have beard envy, Joel. <laughs> I've had beard and beard envy for my entire adult life. I will legit wasn't joking. I, I texted Joel during the show. I'm like, can facial hair grow that fast? Because like they didn't have it that thick a week ago. And I just don't know because I can't grow shit. So a buddy of mine, uh, I who I would go over to his house when we were kids, like teenagers, and his dad would frequently go on these surfing trips, and I would stay the weekend at their house, and he would be clean shaven when he left, and he would come back with a full beard, like an inch thick, <laughs> and I was like, how how is that possible? And now it's like I can shave and and be really careful and get it really clean and really close to the skin. And by the end of the day, I have, you know, pretty serious stubble going on. It's like, it's not even worth it. I don't, I don't don't get it. That's Filipino blood. I mean, it's like, nope, we're in the tropics. We don't need more hair. Like, well, it's not fair. Enough facial hair talk. Let's, uh, (laughs) let's move on to lightning round. lightning round joel i'd like to just point one thing before we get into the weeds of this lightning round the majority of aw has been at daily's place so i actually really enjoyed that video package and i don't know why it got me so emotional (laughs) like i'm watching them like i remember all of these moments but um truly though like i don't know how i would have gotten through like the worst of the pandemic the early parts in last March, April, May without having AEW to look forward to weekly. Like it truly is one of the things that like helped keep me sane. So just want to say thank you. AEW. Uh, I'm excited that you guys are going back on the road. Our show got canceled again. Joel, I'm so angry, <laughs> but we will see AEW soon. And, and Joel, what do you think about their, about a little over a year of residency at Daly's place. I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about, you know, it, it's, it's not like, it's not even just a little bit more than half. It's the vast majority of dynamite mm-hmm. has taken place in Jacksonville because they had only been around for a few months, five, like, six, five months. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it, 
I think it's a cool venue and I'm glad that we got to spend so much time there, but yeah, I'm ready for a change of scenery and uh, I, I still have some trepidation about, you know, people filling up arenas and stuff. And, and I think it's going to take some time for me to get over that, mm-hmm. but I, I'm excited to see them get out on the road. I'm excited to see them in person at some point, uh, wh- whenever that ends up happening. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, um, really, really well done video package. So, uh, bravo props to the editing staff that put that together. All right, buddy, what do you got? What's your first item in lightning round for me? Uh, I got to talk about uh, Jack versus Jack. Uh, This was an excellent match. Loads of fun. And I want to see Jungle Boy face off with more of these type of people on the roster who Mm -hmm. have that similar working style where they just do stuff that you don't think is physically possible and have that crazy agility and creativity uh you know there's um it's been a while since we've seen him but there was a guy who had a match with kenny omega his name is escaping me at the moment um but really really talented and um i'd like to see jungle boy face off with this wrestler whose name just completely left my brain um i'll i'll come up with it and and fill in later (laughs) great content that wrestler you know <laughs> i had it like two minutes ago and then it totally just is gone was it an AEW? was yeah it, yeah was yeah it was an AEW. Was a, it was a match um in AEW. and was he the champion yet no no i don't think so okay um just just move on i'm gonna find was it, it matt sidell no it was not matt sidell i would remember because uh, that. that match was good I do want to see Jungle Boy and Matt Seidel, though. So we can say that for now. And if I can come up with the other (laughs) thing, then I'll I'll let you know. Okay. Um, (laughs) That's funny. Uh, I want to talk about um, the the opening match, uh, Pentagon and Eddie Kingston versus the Young Bucks. Uh, This was a fun match. Joel, this apparently was the first time uh, champions have lost a non-title match in their specific like match format, uh, which I think is interesting. And we finally catched in on someone winning one of these eliminator challenges. So, gonna it was announced in the show that we we're gonna have the championship match next week. But Joel, I just really wanted to point out Eddie Kingston no selling those super kicks near the end of the match where he ate the first two and was like, "Yeah, what of it?" And then it took finally took a third one at least get him uh, shaken up a little bit. But I thought this was a really fun match. I think any combination that involves Pentagon and the Young Bucks uh, is going to be good. And I just liked seeing Pentagon work with a wrestler that wasn't, you know, a flyer. We usually see him team with Phoenix or Pac. So to see him team up with someone of a different in-ring style uh, was definitely fun. And you could see it in some of their, you know, tag team type maneuvers. So. Joel, I know you're still searching for that name, but what'd you think of the opening match with the Young Bucks and uh, Eddie Kingston and and Pentagon? I thought it was really good. I I like the chemistry that these two groups have. I wasn't sure how it was going to go with Eddie Kingston and Penta teaming up, especially since like there's been so much 
uh, uncertainty with Death Triangle, with the injuries that they've had to deal with and the availability of pack. And it just feels like it's a lot of stop and start. But I'm glad that they've kind of established this duo and gave them this big win. I wasn't mm-hmm. really expecting them to win this match. I knew it was a possibility because we have these big shows coming up and the Bucks need to defend the titles at one of them. Um, but I I wasn't sure, you know, what we were going to get. I do think it's weird that the title defense is going to be next week. Like getting the same match back to back weeks is, is yeah. And then we don't really have the opportunity about to that too, build Joel. up this tag team match. I don't know. It just didn't didn't feel great to me. So I don't know if you noticed later in the show when they were hyping up next week's show, they accidentally showed a screen for the show that I don't think they intended to. It was like the overall like Road Rager event poster. And it had John Moxley on it. And I don't know if they would have John Moxley on a specific styled event poster like this if he wasn't going to be at the show. So I do wonder if Moxley is going to play a part in this title defense. And we don't really need a huge buildup for this because these guys have been feuding for months. <laughs> like, like you would hope that this would kind of be the, the exclamation point. Uh, but we'll see. And another thing from this match, Joel, I liked that the, the heel maneuvers finally caught up to them with uh, Matt getting sp- one of the Jacksons getting sprayed in the face with the, uh, the cold spray and the elite hunter coming in and doing his stuff. So uh, overall, great stuff. Uh, have you found that guy's name yet, Joel? No, I'm still working on it, but I'm I'm still, I'm ready to go. Uh, okay. I loved, <laughs> you can stop asking. I'll let you know when I found it. Um, <laughs> I loved the Ethan Page and Darby Allen stuff from mm-hmm. this episode. I thought it was a really cool development. I also appreciate that they came up with a reason to move the coffin match out of Miami, uh, given the building collapse and and tragedy that's been going on there. Not really a good time to have a a buried alive style match. Oh, that didn't even click for me. Yeah. So I thought that was a really artful dodge to uh, get the, and I think that might also have something to do with why the tag team match is taking place at that show as opposed to happening later mm. on. Cause they may have just flip flopped, you know, yeah. two big signature matches. So, um, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was cool that he was in the coffin that sting brought out and he got out of there fast. Like he <laughs> yeah. popped up like really, really fast. I was super impressed. And, uh, I just, I'm excited to, to see, this match, whenever it happens, I love this yep. feud. I love the intensity and the personal nature of it and uh, look forward to the blow off. Yeah. I love the trope of the heel saying, no, 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 no. You don't get to fight me yet. I decide when you fight me. So that fits in perfectly what we've seen from Ethan page. It actually, I think it works better than just having the match next week. Now you can add the simmer a little bit more. And Joel, what do you think of Darby Allen being announced to, to being in jackass Four? I don't know if you saw that. I did not know that. Yes, he will be in the Jackass 4 movie. So, because I'm a little worried about seeing 50-year-old, you know, Johnny Knoxville do stunts. So, we'll get a little Darby Allen there. Um, Next thing I want to talk about, Joel, is the the weirdness that was the women's tag team match. Uh, There were two weird things here. It looked like Reba Rebel got hurt 
at one point and had to kind of be dragged to the ring. Did you see what happened? I think I missed what might have caused that. Was it her leg? So, so she came running in to make the save to stop the pinfall and everything looked normal. And then as soon as she hit the pile to break up the pin, she went rigid, uh, like mm. totally immobilized one leg and was like doing her best to move herself out of the ring without moving her legs. So it seems like she has a, a leg injury of some kind. Uh, I haven't, I've obviously seen any reporting yeah. about it yet as to what <laughs> it is. I did see a clip uh, that looked like it was uh, from somebody who was at the show of her being helped to the back and she was being completely supported by her upper body and her legs were kept off the ground, but she still was using her good leg to keep her other leg from moving kind of like, yeah. So really, really weird. And it kind of felt like the match ended sort of abruptly yeah. after that. So I don't know if they just like went to the finish after one of their performers got hurt. Um, mm -hmm. hate to see it um, and it yeah. didn't seem like it was anybody's fault just kind of a weird nah. freaky Maybe she injury. just got her like like kind of when you get your leg caught in the turf you know in football like it might have just gotten caught funny um, and then yeah, there was there's the, no telling. the power bomb post match my god that was scary because Brit was not far enough like out like when she when you saw her land like the edge of the table is like right in the middle of the back of her head. So hope she's okay. I, this story obviously will continue. Uh, Cause like we've talked about before, this seems like a natural first title offense for Britt Baker, but hope everyone in this match is okay. Uh, and hopefully there no, no long-term issues here, but thoughts up for uh, rebel. Uh, you got yeah. a lightning round item for me, Joel. Yeah, I really dug the TNT Championship match. Uh, I thought mm -hmm. that Brian Pillman looked great in this match, and uh, Miro continued his reign of terror. So uh, the dominance on display from the champion, and uh, I liked that we saw Brian Pillman, who's kind of a larger guy. I didn't realize that yeah. until I saw him next, next to, Miro. to Miro. Like mm -hmm. He doesn't look tiny in there. And uh, it's a really, really good match. Really well worked. I have enjoyed uh pillman's backstage promos that he's done in in yep. building up to this match and i thought this was a really good look for him so uh definitely kind of elevates him in my mind as to what he can be as a performer yeah yeah I, i'm really enjoying brian pillman jr um i think a few takeaways for me from this match is uh i know you were i i i really dug miro's music i know you weren't quite the fan of it, but I kind of got some Goldberg vibes in terms of like the anticipation coming to the ring. Um, but yeah, give me your thoughts on the music here. So I, mean, I like the overall theme. I, what I don't like is the specific horn clip that's being used. Mm -hmm. It just sounds terrible to me. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, you and I both played trumpet as kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know what a horn is supposed to sound like. It ain't that. <laughs> My guess is they use some like synthesizer or some, some digital I think version. It's a sample that they pulled from yeah. something and they wanted it to sound like 
you know, a, a battlefield or something. I did have the brief thought that it might be like um, something religiously based, given the God's favorite Maybe. champion moniker, and that might be what they're going for. Um, so like Miro's not Jewish as far as I know, so it wouldn't make sense for it to be a shofar, <laughs> but it did kind of have that tone to it. Um, mm. At any rate, I didn't care for that specifically. The rest of the theme yeah. sounds great, but that horn, yeah. they need to find a better sample because that sounds like shit. Well, he could be Yahweh's champion too, Joel. You don't know. So um, I also, I feel like Miro needs a like a legit challenger. I've loved these kind of one-off title matches as we've seen with the TNT Championship. But I think once we get through the pay-per-view event of July, uh, we need we need him to build some sort of long-term feud. Lead, not long-term, but longer-ish feud leading into uh, uh, All Out. So, um, Joel, I, I got only one more thing that I, I want to touch on. And because our episode was lost to the void last weekend, I didn't really... There's no evidence of me patting myself on the back here. But I 100% called Brian Cage versus a member of Team Taz for the FTW Championship. And we're going to get that here in the next few weeks. I thought that promo from Taz was good. I'm excited to get Ricky Starks back in the ring because he's amazing. And I'll, I'll never forget how excited you were when he debuted last year. <laughs> like, he is, he is one of my favorite AEW wrestlers now. And this should be an incredible match. Uh, and yeah, maybe maybe Brian Cage drops this title and he can feud with, say, Miro for the TNT title in the fall. Like, I think that could be a money feud for that belt. So, um, but yeah, really excited. What do you think of that uh, little segment and the announcement? Well, I think it makes sense, right? Because the FTW belt was bestowed on Brian mm-hmm. Cage by Taz. So now that Brian Cage is kind of distancing himself from Team Taz, it doesn't make sense for him to really hold that belt anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think getting it back into the team Taz situation and separating out Brian cage so he can go do his own thing is positive forward movement. Uh, I think it makes more sense if someone outside of the group has the title, if they have it because they want it off of someone in the group and then they can feud over it. Like mm-hmm. let's say Ricky Starks wins the FTW championship And then, you know, down the line, he loses it to, say, Christian Cage. And then Christian Cage is kind of lording it over him that, you know, I have this belt, which clearly is yours, right? Because it it (laughs) is attached to your faction, but it's mine. Uh, It's like um, it's like back when the 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 British uh, Edward Longshanks, that's who I'm trying to think of, stole the Stone of Schoon from Scotland and declared himself king. And all the Scots were like, man, fuck you. You know history, right? I do. I I don't remember that. So, uh, yeah. Edward Longshanks I... <laughs> stole the Stone of Schoon from Scotland and declared himself king. Welcome to the History Hour with Joel and Mike. Um, hey, it's actually great. a really good parallel, okay? It is. It is. I was just. <laughs> we usually don't go that deep, um, and outside. I was inspired by by Jericho making you know references to really old stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, damn, great. Uh, ha- has the FTW Championship be defend? Has it been defended in AEW? I could have sworn yes. it's he's done it at least once or twice. Yeah, very early on. Uh, I forget who it was that he had the FTW Championship match against, uh, but it was like shortly after he debuted the title, he defended it against somebody. And uh, it was kind of like not a big deal at the time because it was someone that it was clear he was not going to lose to. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, this, this feels more significant because it does feel like there's a good chance that the belt changes hands here. It also wouldn't be bad if cage retains it and just lords it over them as he, says peace out mofos <laughs> like could definitely work there uh joel you got anything else f- left in lightning rounds uh I-, I like uh christian doing stuff with uh jungle boy and luchasaurus and the moment that i laughed the hardest at on this episode was christian talking about his dino dna and uh, <laughs> luchasaurus getting very excited oh my uncle larry I, I like how he came off so intense at the beginning of that segment with Christian. And then when he made that, it's like, oh, oh, yeah, my uncle. Like, he just, like, acted like a kid in a candy shop. Like, yeah, low-key, super funny. Um, and, yeah, if this, if this once again, another example of AW feuds and stories evolving. So now it looks like Christian's going to be working with uh, Jurassic Express in this kind of little mini war with uh, Hardy Family Office. And. Joel, you know me. I'm a sucker for the reverse DDT. Matt Hardy took that like a champ. That doesn't look like Indeed. a fun move to take because you fall right on your back and neck. And I mean, it's a simple back bump, so it's not it's not too terrible. I don't know. I just feel like I would always be gasping for air if I took that spot. So, <laughs> well, uh, either of us would be because we're not pro wrestlers. <laughs> you don't know me. I'd be in traction. So. Uh, I, f- I feel like we're going to get an announcement in the next week or so about when that match is going to happen. Because once again, I'm all for Christian and Matt Hardy wrestling on my TV in 2021. Also, can now, I put in a formal request for on Helico versus Jungle Boy? Can I get that? If you're good. <laughs> um, also, how amazing would it be if WWE, if, if AEW is like, okay, we're getting Matt Hardy and Christian on so-and-so night of Dynamite. And the Monday before WWE says special event only edge versus Jeff Hardy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> and they say they don't counter program. Like you're full of shit. Like they're going to be in New York, like a week before AEW does their big show, uh, at the tennis court. So I just, I, if that happens, a, a WWE is super petty and B they listen to our show. It's super rad that AEW is playing Arthur Ashe. Like, yeah, that is such an awesome venue. And maybe I'm really you should fly up and we go show. to that and we go to that instead. Since our yeah, Boston show got insane. moved around. Yeah. Yeah. That's that is that is fact. Um, well, Joel, I think we've kind of run out of things to talk about. So I guess we can end the pod. But guys, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the other wrestling show twitter at ows underscore pod you can follow the podcast on TuneIn, stitcher apple podcasts spotify wherever you get your podcasts we're there uh you can follow joel at the other joel on twitter you can follow me at michael underscore aranda and the pod at 
OWS underscore pod. I always, I should keep you the socials together. Did I really? You did. I don't know. Fuck. We're clean. It's 11 o'clock at night. I'll clean this up tomorrow. <laughs> Joel, any, anything to say before I go to sleep? Join the dark order. Join the dark order and you'll look like Colt Cabana ripped AF. Good night. Seriously, he looked huge. <laughs> like. Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling.